to the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by Seven Sisters Homeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki and I am here on my own today to talk about the complex and stressful GPA for the homeschool transcript. So we get questions on that sometimes. Some of us um, are lucky enough to be in an umbrella school or a charter school that does the GPA figuring for us. But even in those situations, if we want a different method of choosing the GPAs, we can we can usually do that because there's not one right way to do GPAs for the transcripts. So I want to give you a little bit of theory of GPAs and also the practical tools. And I will include in the show notes links so you can actually see it written out in posts and some resources. So links to resources for doing this for your transcripts. So, okay. All right. So the grade point average is what we're talking about today. So it's a way of summarizing academically what your teen has done, you know, like how much success are they having in their academics? So it's a like one second eyeball on how well your kid is doing overall in his or her courses. So the thing is, is there's not one right way to do GPAs. And so let's talk about some different ways to handle the GPA. So first is, your transcripts were, are going to need to include a GPA, especially for the college-bound kids. Um, you know, non-college-bound kids is not that important for most situations, unless they are going to a trade school that might want to know about it. But definitely college-bound kids, you're going to have to have some kind of GPA. So you can wait in a lot of cases until senior year when the, your teen is doing their college applications and, you know, real quick, figure out an overall GPA for their high school years. And, you know, that's one way to do it. What we have generally done with our seven sisters teens is at the end of each year, we do the GPA for that year. So at the end of freshman year, we'll figure out that year's GPA and then we'll update it each year. So at the end of sophomore year, it will be the GPA for freshman and sophomore year. And that's that's how we have decided to do that. So again, there's not one right way. It's kind of nice though, especially for uh, teens who might have a little bit of a rugged start for their freshman year to see that they have made progress at the end of their sophomore year or their junior year or their senior year to see that GPA going up sometimes for some kids really gives them a sense of reward. So you pick one of those. So how often do you want to do that GPA? Sometimes once your teens have applied to college, different colleges may want a mid-senior year GPA update. And a lot of them are going like, yeah, whatever. Um, so just you have to take a deep breath and be flexible and kind to yourself because it really isn't, you know, you have to do it this way. And again, we're going to put links to all of our posts on GPAs in the show notes. So you can actually read it and see the, you know, like this, you can do this. Then the next thing you need to decide is whether or not to have a weighted GPA. So some courses in some schools are weighted. So if you have a, a teen taking an AP course in a lot of schools, 
Um, instead of getting like an, an accumulated grade point of four for an A, they might get a 4.5. And so they get more weight on a, a higher powered course. So a, a lot of teens uh, will experience that through their schools and that that's a perfectly legitimate thing to do. However, you don't have to wait the courses in order to have your teens competitive when they apply to college because the colleges look, they, they have an algorithm that instead of comparing apples to oranges on, on their applicants, you know, like, like these, these kids with weighted scores on their, their honors courses um, are better than the kids who don't have a weighted GPA on those courses. Colleges have a way through their algorithm to unweight the weighted courses as it were. So that, you know, it sounds very simple, but they do because they want to do apples to apples when they're looking at their applicants because they want the best fit for their college. And it's, it's not just that GPA. So they have an algorithm that that makes everybody um, at the same kind of footing when they apply. So don't worry if you don't want to wait. Our teens, we did not wait courses because it seemed like unnecessary amount of work and stress for everybody. So they, you know, an A was a 4.0. And all of our teens that wanted to go to college got into college the ones that needed some academic scholarships got some academic scholarships. So it didn't hurt our teens or any of the ones that we've advised over the years. And that's been hundreds. So um, you do not have to wait if you don't want to. And if you decide to wait the courses, it's kind of your decision what kind of waiting you're going to give it. So all of these things are very arbitrary. There is no standardized anything in um, transcripts or education, really. So you just do the clearest and best job that you can and kind of trust God through the process. So then one of the things you'll need to do in assigning the GPA is you decide what is the lowest passing grade that a, a teen can have for their transcript. And so in our case, our lowest was a C, you know, like underneath the C, we just had our teens retake the course until they had mastery because in homeschooling, we're more after mastery than we are GPA. A lot of traditional schools, a D is the lowest passing grade. Unfortunately, for teens going, aiming for a competitive college, a D on the transcript is not going to work very well for them. So it, they may have passed a course, but it will not give them any kind of benefit in a competitive situation. It will really work against them. And so in, in our case, we had teens just work until they had mastery so that, that they at least had a C and hopefully a, a B or an A understanding of material because we're after mastery. So on transcripts, by and large, there is a key that's on the transcript, a legend like on a map that says how grades are assigned, you know, and what's what's passing and what's not. And so if you want a, a sample of that, uh, well, again, we'll put links in the show notes. Seven Sisters Homeschool has a transcript um, editable PDF that you can download and use yourself and fill in the legend yourself 
on how you're assigning what the lowest passing grade is. You know, what is what is an A, what is a B? And also we'll talk about some more on that. So lots of lots of resources. You do not have to figure out all of this on your own. So Seven Sisters has an editable PDF that you can make as your transcript and with a how-to guide. So we'll put links for that. But also there's lots of other resources. So I know HSLDA has an editable PDF that will also figure the GPA for you. Um, according to what they they are using for their guidelines. And there's, again, there's not one right way. You do what's best for you and your team. So, all right. So that's kind of like the theory of GPAs. Now let's talk about actually figuring it out. This might sound a little like, oh, this is too complicated just for verbal. Um, and that's okay. Um, uh, links in the show notes here and in the comments to some examples and, and how-tos. Um, in blog posts there at Seven Sisters Homeschool. So this is what you first do is for your courses, you determine what percentages are going to be assigned to each um, letter, like A, Bs, and Cs. Um, and so let's, let's say like, like that's a percentage of a hundred. So if a you know, kid gets a hundred on a test or has an overall, you know, a hundred on all of his coursework, you know, according to the the rubric that you are using to assign grades, um, then they've got an A. So that that is an easy thing to figure out. But you want to know the lowest A that that will be. So every single school has a different lowest A and a lowest B and a lowest C. So in our case, um, with our seven sisters kids, we did the, the lowest A would be a 92 or a 93. Sometimes we changed it by the years, knowing if there was a more competitive class, we wanted a higher, lower A. Um, lowest B might be an 82 or an 83, and the lowest C might be a 72 or 73. So that's a very simple. We just have A's and B's and C's, and that makes a very simple way to do a GPA. All right. Or a lot of traditional schools will get very complex and they'll have A's and A minuses and B's pluses and B's and B minuses and C pluses and C's and C minuses. And you can do that too, if you want to, because there's not one right way. So you might say that the lowest A might be a um, 93 but an A minus might be a 90 and a B plus the high, you know, the highest B might be an 87. A regular B might be an 83 and the lowest B be an 80 and, and so on down the letters. So again, I'll put links with examples um, in the comments and show notes. So you can go all the way down, you know, C plus C minus, or, you know, C and C minus. So, um, and you want to keep track of that. You don't do this random and you change it from, you know, halfway through the semester and change things around. Um, put that in your course description up front or in your syllabus so that you have something to back up in your records um, what you are doing. So you can keep track of it. Your team knows what's going on. And then when you have to fill out the guidance counselor part, of the common application or whatever application that your team is using for colleges, um, you will be able to really quickly explain how you assign grades in, in your homeschool. So that's part of your job, unless you're in an umbrella school that they do that for you, and that's okay too. 
Um, so either way is fine because there's not one right way to homeschool and you can do it your way. Okay, so are you confused enough? So we're assigning the, the overall percentage. So, you know, when you're assigning the grade for a class, so, you know, hopefully at the end of one semester, you give a grade and at the end of the year, you give a final grade and that might be a, an accumulation of tests and papers and, and um, schoolwork, you know, the actual coursework, participation. Um, in our in our kids, we would do attitude, <laughs> so it uh, counted as part of the participation grade, um, and so that that is where we get started. Then you take that that the average that they got. So if they got a 92 average, and that was the lowest A, but we're just doing A, B, and C, we're not breaking it down to A minuses, then we're going to assign that a grade point. And that's, that's, it's, that's just what it's called. It's a grade point. So in most schools, a grade point for an A is a four. And a grade point for a B, like 82 or up in, in our case, would be a three. Um, a grade point for a 73 up to the 82 would be a two. So a C would be a two. So A is four, B is three, C is two. And if you were in a lot of traditional schools, a D would be one. In our case, for our kids that wasn't acceptable, they just had to retake the course until they got mastery. Um, you can break that down <laughs> to do the complex one. So like an A minus might be a 3.6 and a B plus might be a 3.4 and a B might be 3.2 and a B minus might be a 3.0. And so if you break that down, that is fine too. You can get as complex as you want and you just make sure that you keep how you are grading in your course descriptions or your syllabus so that you've got a record for it. And then it will also go on the legend on your transcript. Okay, so then you've got a grade point. So fours or threes or twos or you know the decimals um, if you wanna get it really complex. You confused already? Um, this, this feels confusing until you've done it a time or two. And then it's like, yeah, whatever, we, we can do this. Because you can. Homeschoolers have been doing this for eons of time. So you, can, you can do this. All right. Then you decide which courses are going to get those grade points. So not you don't have to give a grade point, that four, three, or two, to every single course. You could if you want to. In our case, we just gave a grade point to the core courses because that showed the guts of their academics and the things that they would mostly be facing in their first couple of years in college, you know, their general education courses in a lot of colleges. So language arts, math, social studies, history courses, sciences, and world languages is what we would give a grade point to. So then um, that's, that's all of their electives, um, uh, extra credit, you know, phys ed, driver's ed, career exploration, all of those things are very, very important, but they, they didn't need to be part of the grade point average, um, just according to our theory. Now, some, some families choose to give everything a grade point um, all the electives and, and phys ed and, you know, anything else that's required by the state. And that's okay, too, because there's not run one right way to homeschool high school or to do GPAs or to do a transcript. So you do what's best for your family. 
All right, so you've assigned then for every English language arts, every math, every social studies, every science, every world language, and whatever other courses you want to assign a grade point to, give those grade points on a spreadsheet, like make a spreadsheet or uh, use spreadsheets. I use, uh, you know, scrap paper and a calculator because <laughs> I'm old. And then we would add those up, just old fashioned math. You add those grade points up and then you divide it by the number of courses. So we're talking old fashioned averages because we're doing the grade point average. So if we were adding up, um, you know, language arts, math, social studies, science, world language, five courses, and we had a grade point for each of those, we would add that up, divide by five, and that would give our, our GPA, our grade point average, and that would be what goes on the transcript. It's really not that terrifying, is it? It's boring. It may be a little overwhelming, but not really all that terrifying. And like I said, some of the, the transcript services just automatically figure out the GPA based on the courses they want to count. And so that then you don't have to do the math yourself. If you want to add more courses in there, like electives, if those are really powerful for your team and you really want to show those off, you can throw those in the GPA and you know, do it yourself. So again, there's not one right way, but you can do this. And what happens is then you've got a nice GPA that goes on the transcript in the way that's best for you and your teens. And then when they go to apply for college for our college bound teens, then they've got something that is understandable to the colleges they're applying to. And so that works for them. And besides, it looks really good. You know, when a teen's worked hard and they look at that GPA and they go, I, I've, I've done well. I have worked hard. I've learned things. And look at this nice GPA. Or I've been lazy this year. And oh, look at the GPA. Next year, I'm going to pull that thing up. And I'm going to get a great GPA. And so it can be a motivator if teens have a little slippage of a year. That's okay, too. In the show notes, I will add a, a GPA calculator website that I found. Um, so you can use that also. It's just a you know freebie that's out there. Okay. All right. So if you've got any questions, please, please, please feel free to you know get on our Facebook group. So Seven Sisters Homeschool Facebook group is for high schooling parents. And you know, got questions about how to use this or that, or how do you do a GPA or what's your experience with college applications? And you can throw questions up there in that group. And other homeschooling parents and we seven sisters can hop on there and have a conversation about it. And it's pretty fun and it's, it's encouraging and supportive. So you can definitely do that. And we, we really are excited when people hop on there and do ask questions. So, and you can also feel free to ask us questions um, at info at seven sisters homeschool and kind of have a, a one-on-one -on -one letter. We try to answer all our emails, you know, within a day or maybe two. All right, because we care. We're all in this together. Homeschooling is awesome. And we want everybody to enjoy most days of homeschooling, especially homeschool high school, because those are the best years of homeschooling, in our opinion. All righty. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Homeschool High School podcast. And we thank Seth Silman for editing because we can't do it ourselves. And he does a great job. And we will see you guys next week. All right. Bye-bye.